Welcome to the Little Things with Mitch and Jake. Jake, how you been? It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. At the end of September here, we're rolling right into fall, which is by far my favorite time of year. So getting excited for that. How are you doing? Good. You're not a pumpkin spice guy, are you? No, 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 no. No, okay. Not at all. We have a little announcement after this, and you're certainly not going to put the pumpkin spice into our coffee, are you? No, no, not at all. It's going to be on hold because it's only a seasonal thing, and, and we're uh, we're all about the, the full year-round stuff here at The Little Things. Here at The Little Things. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, before we get rolling here, we have a special guest today, but we do want to send out a special thank you to this season's sponsor, which is the South Dakota Army National Guard. Today, the South Dakota Army National Guard remains strong with more than 3,100 soldiers available to execute its missions. The mission of the South Dakota Army National Guard is to provide combat capabilities for the warfight, security for the homeland, and provide combat units in three homes, federal, state, and community. A special thank you to those serving our country from us here at The Little Things. Our main goal is to show you that by appreciating the little things in life and understanding what the people around us are enduring, we can increase everyone's quality of life. Like I mentioned, we do have a special guest today. Mitch, do you want to introduce Holly? You bet. I've known her uh, for a handful of years, had her speak at an event, and uh, she's up in Eureka, South Dakota is where she kind of came from, met uh, the infamous Steve Hilgeman up there. Um, but yes, Holly Hoffman, a South Dakota native, was the last remaining member of the Espada tribe and the last woman standing in season 21 of CBS hit reality show Survivor, uh, Survivor Nicaragua. Through that experience and others throughout her life, Holly was inspired to share her message of survival. A professional motivational speaker and the author of Your Winner Within and Write Yourself a Note, Holly acknowledges that life is made up of challenges, and we are oftentimes faced with situations that seem insurmountable. But within each of us is an ability to focus our thoughts, emotions, and energy to succeed. If only we have the knowledge, tools, and discipline to do so. There's a lot of big words there, Holly. Yes. Hi, Mitch and Jake. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself, kind of your upbringing, South Dakota roots, all, any of that stuff. Yeah, well, um, born and raised in South Dakota, um, uh, six wonderful, amazing grandchildren, three children, and I, I travel for my job. I did actually did not expect this whole speaking thing to even take off. Um, when I applied to be on Survivor, after we were done, I got my first call, and I thought, oh, this is probably going to last about six months or so, and it's been 12 years. Um, so, and that's basically where I'm at. Uh, I spend a lot of time on the road. I try to spend as much time as I can with family as well, but, um, yeah, it's the little things that, that make a big difference. And when you do something like survivor and you're thrown in a jungle with barely nothing, you realize the importance of the little things in life. Uh, I love hearing that, Holly, and it's kind of neat, too, how, like you said, you got a phone call, and you didn't know what was going to happen, but you just dove in, and here you are 12 years later still on the road. Do you just want to dive into that just a little bit more on kind of what the what that jump and what that le- leap meant to you? Well, after I got off the show, I just kind of thought, hey, I'm just going to get back to my normal life, and I got a call to speak at an event in Aberdeen. And I thought, well, what am I, what am I really supposed to talk about? <laughs> it was kind of funny because I thought, okay. 
And so I actually called CBS to make sure that I could first do it. And they said, yes. And I said, could you have Jeff Probst call me? He's the host of Survivor. And, and he did. And I said, Jeff, I got asked to speak and I'm not quite sure what I'm supposed to talk about. And he gave me the best advice ever. He said, stay true to yourself and tell your story because in life we all have a story to tell. Um, so the first one turned into another one. The second one turned into two more, three, and it just kind of did the snowball effect. Uh, I did that for about two years. And then the third year I had a speaking bureau from Minneapolis reach out to me and she said, would you like to sign and be part of our bureau? We'll sign you up for programs and so forth. And, and I actually said, no, <laughs> she was like, what? And I, I guess I didn't really know that people do this for a living. I know that sounds really bad, but I didn't. <laughs> and then she called me back and she asked me again. And I was like, sure, I guess I'll sign a contract with you. And now I'm with nine speaking bureaus. Plus I book on my own and I have three more states to go to. And I have been to every state so if anyone is listening from New Hampshire, South Carolina, or Alaska, invite me to your state to speak. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, geez, three, that's 10 years ago. You'd have never thought that that is uh, something that you'd be talking about on a podcast with us, I'm sure. Never. I would have never thought. And I do, should say that I do have three in the works that I have bookings at, and I haven't been to them. So Hawaii, North Carolina, and Delaware. And I have bookings to go to those, but I'm, I'm just trying to get bookings in the last three. But I would have never, ever thought that the day that I walked out to put my application and my audition tape into the mailbox that I would be traveling all over and speaking. So this um, podcast is based on a, a book that I wrote, Cardboard Confessionals. It was uh, seven questions that we asked students at Waverly South Shore School what do you want to do before you die? What makes a meaningful life? What is something you've given up on? And the answers we received were were unbelievable. And we basically dive into each episode uh, with a answer that a student wrote and just kind of talk about it. Where's that kid at? How is society playing a role in this answer? What does this mean? Um, and, and just applying it to everyday life. And this season, uh, we're in our conclusion of season four, the whole the question of this season was what is something that is misunderstood about you, Holly? And uh, just had a handful of episodes here, and we're going to dive through some of the highlight uh, questions that we asked throughout this season, and we're going to give a, give it a go and see how you can do. Okay, perfect. I can't wait. So in episode forty, the um, response was from a student: "I do what I do because of the stress in my life." My question to you. Why are we so quick to judge people when they are different or act different? And how much of this title, so how much of this stress in our life impacts that behavior? I, I think a lot because we, we all want people to be like us. And I think we all want people to agree with us. Um, if we see someone that's different than us, dresses different, looks different, acts different, the first thing that we do is we judge them. And... I know I do it. We all do it. It's something humans do instead of getting to know that person first. And I think that's where a lot of the stress comes in um, because behaviors are so is determined a lot by your first impression. And what is your first impression when you look at someone? Um, and that's 
you can look at someone and you can be like, they're, they're completely different than me uh, before you get to know them. And that, that does cause a lot of stress because we think that, okay, if somebody doesn't agree with us, somebody doesn't look like us, is there something wrong with me or is there something wrong with them? So I really think that we are quick to judge because it's just something that we as humans do. And I just want to use an example. Before I went on Survivor, I would be at home watching previous episodes and I would be sitting on the sofa with a soda and a bag of chips and I would be yelling at the television, why is that woman crying or why is that guy doing that? And then I get out there and they throw me in the jungle and I was crying on day five. I was probably saying and doing things I never thought I would. So until you're put into somebody else's shoes, we should just never judge. We should accept before we judge. Yeah, I love, I love hearing that. And that's something that Mitch and I have talked about. I've received messages and emails too. Is that you never know what someone is going through, right? You could be in a coffee shop, at a Starbucks, Walmart, in a restaurant, and you could pass by someone shoulder to shoulder and you have no idea what that person is going through, you know, currently or in the past. So I think that's important to not be so quick to judge, right? You mentioned first impressions at the very beginning there. We decide what our first impression of someone is in like, it's like seven seconds or less of meeting someone. And I don't know about you, but I don't know how well we've gotten to know people in seven seconds or less. So it's just kind of interesting that you mentioned that, but it's, it's so true. We all do it and it's kind of a tendency and, and a bad habit that we seem to form. So we should always remember that we're all different. We need to accept everyone, and life is going to be so much easier. Well, well, yes. Um, In another episode, so we touched on in episode 38. Again, season four's question was, what is something that is misunderstood about you? And in episode 38, we talked about, I am scared, but I'm just darn good at hiding it. Mission I's question to you, Holly, is why do people feel that we need to hide our feelings, right? When we're scared, nervous, when we feel inferior, like why do we feel like we need to hide those feelings? Because we all want to be accepted. And it we think that when we're scared, we're nervous, we're um, you know, that we face fear, that it shows that we're weak. And because of that, we're not weak. And I really think a lot of it has to do with social media as well. How many times do people put things on social media, even though they've had a really bad day and they just put wonderful day. There's even a commercial that they do that. And I really think it's because people want to be accepted and they don't want to show someone that I'm scared. I'm nervous. Um, They want to, they want to think, Hey, I'm, I'm really strong. I can do this, which is great to think that way. But at the same time, we all have feelings. We're all human. I tell people in my, in my programs that I speak to, I say, we all have a story to tell. And from being scared, facing our fears, stepping out of our comfort zone, those are the things that are going to make us stronger. Those are going to be the things that are going to help us grow. So I really think it's, it's acceptance that we act like that. And we hide it because we don't want to show other people that we can be weak in certain moments. When I think in our society, it's, it's huge. You say weakness. Well, 
we're we're in a society that thinks if you're you're weak you're you're helpless like if you need to ask for help you're you're weak think of all the do it do it yourself stuff self help stuff so i mean i think society does it to us but it's a mind mindset shift that we need to engage in as a society to be able to change that a hundred percent and you are not weak because you need to go talk to someone you are not weak when you need to cry to some, on someone's shoulder it shows that you're human because no matter who you are where you come from how much money you make in life we all have emotions and we need to learn to accept those emotions so moving on to episode 37 um in season four here, what is something that is misunderstood about you that my addiction defines my character? Um, you can pass on this one, Holly, if you want to. But um, the, one of the best things that we hear about this podcast is our vulnerability. Uh, really open up on this stuff and people don't feel like, you know, all oh, these guys are just talking here and there. We're really sharing stories about us and about things that we're experiencing. So my question to you, uh, how has an addiction impacted you personally, whether it was a family member, whether it was you, um, just something that you've seen that's impacted you? Absolutely. Um, I, I actually grew up in an abusive alcoholic family. My father was an alcoholic and um, I had a, a, a rough upbringing. A lot of people don't know that about me. And I have just started bringing that to the stage uh, and talking about it. I wrote about it in my book. And my father was a great man when he wasn't drinking. My father was a great man when he wasn't gambling. But he he had a, 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 a horrible addiction to, to alcohol. And we lived behind a closed door that there were some things that happened behind those closed doors that to this day, it's hard for me to speak about. But, you know, my father did abuse my mother physically and mentally. My, my father did abuse my, my oldest brother right in front of us. And a lot of people don't know that about me because sometimes going back to that first question, our first impression is, you know, I get up on stage and I, I'm, I've got a wonderful family and, you know, I'm a speaker and I've, I've seen a lot of success, but I've also had a lot of trauma in my life. And part of that is growing up the way I did as a child. Um, to this day, I have, I'm afraid of the dark because I was very afraid as a young child sitting in my room thinking that, that my dad was going to come in and hit me. Um, so I really think that how addiction impacts you personally is you've got to learn from that and then you've got to accept it and then you have to move forward and just by talking about it that makes a big difference i'm going to interrupt jake here and then i'm going to turn it right over i always say that when i go out and speak too it, it's extremely hard to stand on a stage because people are like look at this person they've got it all figured out and i'm very quick to say like no, I mean, there's things going on. It, it, it was just a hard barrier when I first started speaking. Um, when I got over some of this stuff and like trying to get it all figured out and letting people know, I, hey, I'm going through the same things you are. It's, it's really the podcast and why we do this as well. Absolutely. And I, like I said before, we all have those stories to tell. But going back to being scared, nervous, and you know, facing your fears, going out of your comfort zone, we want society to look at us like, hey, we have no issues, but in all reality, 
we all do. <laughs> we all we all have something. And growing up with an alcoholic father was it was hard because we wanted to be the family that we wanted to be, and behind those closed doors, we weren't. Uh, and we tried, we really actually did kind of ignore the fact for a while. My father would show up at my sporting events and he would stumble up the bleachers because he was so drunk. And we just, it was like, nobody looked at it. Nobody paid attention to it. But um, in the long run, I truly believe those, those experiences from a child, it was hard, but it's also made me stronger. I, I love that. It's it, it, had, it does make you stronger. And Mitch and I talked about that and we touched on it already, but, you know, we believe, and it sounds like you do as well too, that vulnerability is actually a strength. Like it, you know, you think about people opening up and opening up those conversations, that takes a lot of strength. That takes a lot of courage and that's not being weak at all. So I think something that's something that really, really hits home with not only us here, but all of our listeners as well too. So appreciate you. Can, and I was really afraid bring that to the stage because I was so worried about what people were going to think about me. And I was like, Oh my goodness, what are they going to think here? The way I grew up. And then I thought, no, I am human just like everyone else. And ever since I've started talking about my childhood, it's amazing how many emails, how many more emails I get. Um, I, I actually get, sometimes I get a handwritten note in the mail from someone about what I spoke about. I love hearing that, right? We're, we're all living unique lives, but share, uh, sharing stories, that's what connects us because we're all going through it. So yeah. in, in episode 42, um, we talked about our feelings towards other people. And it was right in line with season four's heading of, of being misunderstood. And I'm just curious, in your perspective, Holly, you know, obviously you're from South Dakota, grew up in the Midwest, small town ended up on survivor and you can obviously elaborate on this more than i can but you're you're kind of showing yourself to the world right you're on national television um there's there's thousands if not millions of viewers you know tuning in and just basically showing your struggles like you said you were crying on day five i believe it was so i'm just curious like have your feelings about other people in their perceptions of you or perspective, have they changed or transformed through through your experience thus far? You know, I think my relationships with people, I, I'm a true believer that if you have a true friend, no matter what you're going through in life, that person will still support you and they'll be your friend. And friends help friends grow. Friends help friends become stronger. Um, friends will support you no matter what. It was very hard. I will admit when I got off the show, I couldn't even go into the grocery store or I would show up in another town, even when the show was airing. And it was, it was weird to me. I, that's the only, that's the only way I can really explain it because I'm, I'm Holly. I'm, I'm, I'm just like everyone else. And then I got on the show and I would, be in a public place and somebody came up to me. I'll never forget the first time someone came up to me and said, can I have my picture with you? Um, can you sign my, 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 uh, I remember some kid asked me to sign his tennis shoe and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is so weird. And I just want people to know that I'm down to earth. Um, I accept people for who they are. And I think that's so important because in the long run, 
the most important thing that we will ever have in life is relationships. If everything was taken away from you today, um, like it was on when I played the game of Survivor, all your materialistic things are gone. The one thing that you will always have in your life is relationships with other people. And the bonds that you have with other people are so very, very important. So um, it was hard right away, but now, you know, when someone comes up to me, I give them respect. I thank them for coming over and speaking to me because that's, that's who I am. And that's who I want people to see that that's who I am. That makes a lot of sense. I, uh, I can see that probably happening. And I, how hard was it to not let something slip from the show? I mean, if, if you were back and it was airing, I mean, that had to be tough. That was very hard. I was actually officiating high school volleyball and the show would air on Wednesday nights. It was the first season that it went to Wednesday nights. And I would go and officiate on Thursday nights and I couldn't get out of the gym. You know, I would get off the stand and people would come around and go, just tell us how you did. Just And I'm like, I can't. I actually had to sign a $5 million contract. And I'm like, I can't tell you. I just can't tell you. And so I had to, I had to stop officiating because my partner, Lori, she'd be sitting out in the car going, Holly, we got a two hour drive back home. And I'm like, I know. So it was hard right away. But you know what? It just kind of, you just you just accept it. That's just, you know, change is all change. That's the one thing we're going to have to deal with forever is change. And you just, you just deal with it. But it was, to me, it was just more odd. You know, it was like, I'm still Holly. And yeah, so it was right away. It was kind of weird. (laughs) So we got one more question that really has nothing to do with this season, but we've asked, I think all, I know, I think we asked Dana, what makes meaningful life, but we're going to, we're going to go to a season back to season one on you, Holly. You've okay. accomplished a lot in your life. You've been a lot of different places uh, with your speaking and different things like that. But what do you want to do before you die? What do I want to do before I die? You know, that, I have been sitting and thinking about this <laughs> a lot. Um, you know, the older you get, the more you sound really odd to some people, but I'm having people my age pass away and it's, it's kind of scary. So I don't want to jump from a plane. I don't want to bungee jump before I die. Um, I, I think what I really want to do before I die is I want, I want to inspire as many people as I possibly can. But the number one thing I want to do is I want to spend as much time as I possibly can with my, with my family. Um, and that, with this whole speaking thing, there were times where, you know, I was running from here to there to everywhere. I was doing 18, 19 programs a month and I was missing birthday parties for my grandchildren and I was missing family events and I had to put everything in perspective, um, saying, you know what, I I can't do that because family comes first. And that's a very general answer, but I will have to say before I die, I want to spend as much time as I possibly can with my family. That's, that's awesome. I think that's kind of the reason that we're all here. And, and the more and more that Mitch and I get to talking, the more we hear from our listeners, it's how do we, how do we slow down and simplify our life? Right. When we get older, you know, you, you gain momentum, you start your careers and your families and, and life just gets busy. Right. I know Mitch loves that word, <laughs> but life just gets busy. It, it gets chaotic. And I think 
it's important to have that perspective of just how important it is to slow down. You know, we talk about the, the moments in between, like those are the moments that really, really matter, but we have to, we have to really, really focus and be able to slow down in order to, to do that and enjoy the little things. Right. It's really about that balance. Um, and that's, that's what's so important. I, I got to watch one of my grandchildren play football. I got to watch two of them play soccer and I want to see those things. And what is the number one thing? Well, I shouldn't say number one, but one of the things that we all deal with is stress and stress can be very hard on our health. So, you know, the whole balance, I absolutely love doing what I'm doing. I meet so many wonderful people and having the ability to travel, um, is, is amazing as well. But at the same time, it's all about balance. It's, it really is. Well, and I, I feel like I need to tell you the story, the background of this busyness deal. I, I speak on it a little bit, and I, I do think busyness is a, is a, it's a mindset, really. I mean, I think that you're only as busy as you think you are, because um, you'll, you'll, you'll talk to people, and I'll be like, "How you doing?" You know, "Oh, busy. I've got so much going on." It's like I, I don't actually think you really do. I know you don't have a lot going on, but. Um, I, I always preach on it because it's like the, the busiest people in your life, Holly, the people that you are, know are going all over the place and here and there and everywhere. And you ask them how they're doing. They never tell you they're busy. Yeah. You know what? You're exactly right. <laughs> that is so true. Mm-hmm. I'm going to use my mother for an example. She's retired. She watches her two great grandsons and I'll call her and I'll just be like, Hey mom, what's up? And she's like, Oh, I have so much to do today. And I'm like, well, what are you doing? Oh, I got to go get the mail and I got to go to the grocery store and get a few groceries. You know, so it doesn't matter if she's just doing a few things. She's busy. Yep. And which is keeping her young. So you're exactly right when you say that. I I agree with you. Being busy is all about priorities. Isn't that right, Mitch? That's right. (laughs) 100%. That's right. Uh, Before we we do... uh, close out this episode and again we really appreciate you having having you on and taking the time holly um is there anything just from your perspective and your journey it's obviously been kind of a, a wild ride ever since you submitted that that video to get on survivor um is there something that you want to leave our audience with or a story that you want to share to kind of close out the conversation no there is um i have a lot of people come up to me after i speak and You know, they'll say, I talk about taking opportunities. I talk about adapting to the now. Um, I really think that in life, we're all going to face challenges. We're all going to have that stuff that's going to be thrown our way. But the most important thing that we need to remember is how we are going to handle challenges and how we are going to continue to grow in life. And when I tell those people, they're like, you know, yeah, but I'm facing this or I'm facing that. And and sometimes at the moment, it's really hard to face those challenges. But in the long run, you're going to learn something from it. You're going to be a better person. You may not see it right now, but eventually you will. One day at a time, enjoy the little things. And I just want you guys to know that I have a sign hanging in my office that says, enjoy the little things because the little things are the biggest things in life. Tell you what, you, uh, you a coffee drinker? We'll send you some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Little things coffee. I would love some coffee or 
better yet, we could just meet up for coffee. I can handle that. Yes. <laughs> so uh, before the end, we revisit past episodes and include reviews and questions from our audience. Read a few, uh, few shout outs as well. Comments from our listeners are brought to you by Certified Financial Planner at Northwestern Mutual, Luke Bruns. Luke, is, Luke Bruns has been with Northwestern Mutual since 2009 and strives to protect what matters most for your family. For more information, contact us at thelittlethings.mitchandjake at gmail.com. I want to give a, a shout out here to Cool Beans. They're going to be our Season 5 coffee sponsor. They're going to be a sponsor year-round or excuse me, through the season, and we are teaming up. If you haven't gotten that already, we're teaming up with them, and they're going to blend a Little Things brew of coffee. They're going to sell it there, and we're going to be able to sell it in bulk as well. So looking forward to working with Kurt Osborne over there at Cool Beans. Jake, anything? La- any last comments? No, just really enjoyed the conversation today. Uh, again, thank you so much for, for hopping on, Holly. I thought you brought some... Uh, perspective and, and some stories, like we mentioned too. It's, it's the stories that bring us all together. So we really appreciate having you on and, and just excited again to um, release that coffee. I know Mitch isn't much of a coffee drinker. It sounds like Holly is. I am as well too. So <laughs> very yeah, I love coffee. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I just, I can't thank you enough for having me, Mitch and Jake. I truly, truly appreciate you asking me to be on. Thank you so very much. And thanks for what you do, Holly. I think it gets kind of left by the wayside a little bit. But, you know, I've gotten the opportunity to host you at an event that I was that I was running a um, handful of years ago. And looking forward to working with you here uh, this coming spring. Spring, I think uh, you got a message that really sticks with people that people need to hear now um, in today's society, no doubt. So I appreciate everything you do as well. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So that wraps up season four. Join us for season five of the Little Things podcast. We'll be back here in about a month or two. This is Mitch. And Jake. Signing out.